From Cleveland, Ohio, this is the Cleveland Stage Podcast, brought to you by Fog Properties. Flexible spaces, all the right places. Visit FOGG.com for information. And now, your hosts, Tyler Whitten and Ian Wolfgang Hins. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cleveland Stage Podcast. I'm your co-host, Tyler Whitten, along with my co-host, Ian Hins. And we're here today with the finale of our Hashtag American Plays Bracket Challenge. Hashtag. Finally. Bracket Challenge. It's like Hashtag Spring Madness. <laughs> yeah, but see, it's not spring in Cleveland right now, so it doesn't it's matter. It's true. It still feels like the early days of March. It's still 30 degrees outside. The sun was out today, yeah. so maybe that We're going to get some snow tomorrow, I think. Yeah. yeah. Every time I think we're turning a corner. Just that global warming comes back. Just like theater, man. Or as Trump would say, there's no global warming because it's cold outside. <laughs> is that is that your Trump impression? That's my Trump impression. It's not bad. <laughs> that wasn't, wasn't horrible. It's not horrible. I didn't I really mean, warm up. I didn't good. warm up. That's true. I didn't warm up. Uh, we're here today with our good friend, August Scarpelli, Hello. a frequent contributor to the Cleveland Stage Tec- Podcast. Technical director, uh, Shahrazadian. Extraordinaire. And we are live to tape at the Ensemble Theater's offices. Okay. So if you hear noises, uh, don't be alarmed. It is a child outside of our doors. <laughs> getting a soccer ball not. against it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Practicing for the World Cup. We're in rocks against the windows. <laughs> so there we go. All right, so our uh, Bracket Challenge thing started off as a, um, I don't want to say drunken argument, because we weren't really arguing. No, we were just <laughs> drunkening. <laughs> I think, you know, this could be fun next year when we think it through and fix all the bugs. Yeah, you got to start seating. somewhere. Uh, and maybe come up with new plays. I like the idea that Ian had of having a bubble bracket yeah. of plays. It's like, it's a really good play, but I don't know if it's a top 64 play in American history or whatever. But we're down to our final two. We are down to our final two. But how and, did we get there first? Well, and I'll be, hours. yeah, and I'll be, I'll be honest with you, I... Was worried in our last couple conversations about it, about whether or not we were just going to end up with the same old, same old plays, right? Yeah, Kentucky like versus talk- UCLA. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boring. Duh. <laughs> uh. So, um, but it seems like our random seating also brought us a Some few upsets. plays. Yeah, upsets, but, you know, I'm surprised that uh, the plays that we have in our final two... I will admit, do not fall into what I would have picked. Like, if you would have gone to people and been like, what are your top four American plays? I don't know if these would have been on many of them. And I think that's the way the seating worked out. So yeah. you had plays canceling each other out. I think it also maybe has to do with how people th- think about classic American plays, maybe. Yeah. There's probably some privilege going on there. Well, and I think our audience... Uh, also really um, speaks to people that spend a lot of time with classic American classic plays. That's true, being that it's our mission. <laughs> Since right? it's our mission, I think you see, you know, I think in, in America's changing, right? That's what they say anyway. Um, is America changing or is... I think America's changing. It was funny. I was watching a documentary about John Steinbeck to go on a completely different tangent. Sure. Right. But I was watching a documentary about John Steinbeck before he went on, on the road uh, when he was writing Travels with Charlie, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorite Steinbeck books yeah, ever. Yeah, about him and his dog. Yeah, it's great. But he talks about, before he goes on this 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 thing, he starts out on this you know voyage, basically, and 
he's like, you know, he sees this America that was is completely different than it was the previous generation. Mm. You know, even in California, California where he grew up, it changed so much. Sure. You know, Salinas Valley and everything, and in the, I mean, you know, things change quickly and rapidly, and we may not recognize it all the time when we're in the middle of it, but I think. Um, is generational change is pretty much upon us in a lot of ways in a lot of uh, artistic endeavors. I will gr- I will grant you that that yes in that respect uh, America is changing. Yeah. But is the makeup of America changing? I mean, is the population necessarily different, or is our attitudes or awareness or? Well, from a uh, census, I'm pretty sure that the population is changing, right? So you have. I think it's we're approaching, if not an equilibrium, past the equilibrium already of more uh, people of color than okay uh, we've ever seen. Or what used to be considered minorities. That, yeah, you know, that are, they the all case. totally make up a majority. I'm pretty sure, or at least we're rapidly approaching I don't know. that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's changing in that sense. I think it's changing in the sense of economics, right? Like, you know. Used to be able to. Um, I was talking to Walter Boswell, our set designer, yesterday mm-hmm. at lunch. We yeah. were talking about you used to be able to get out of co- or get out of high school, and the next day, if you weren't going to college, you just go down to the factory and mm-hmm. you just start working. You make enough money to buy your, you know, your family's yeah. house and you know live your life. So I think that's changed. Yeah, for the Drast- worse. Well, I mean, it's changed. I, I don't know if for the worse or better, but I mean, it's definitely drastically a change. People need more training. Mm-hmm. Um, the economy is more, much more centered around the baby boomers aging now than it was when the baby boomers were young and in their sixties. When it, the economy was centered around more education and research and development. So I think things have changed a lot, but. I think that it's starting to reflect itself in the plays that we pick, for sure. Yeah. And I think that that diversity, you know, I think America's more, div- div- more, um, it's allowed to be more diverse, maybe, yeah. is the best way well, of putting it. That's what I mean, it. yeah, like, yeah. Know, our attitudes towards yeah. it yeah. have definitely gotten more progressive. Yeah, and I think, too, you know, I think one of the great things about Ensemble is that we're a laboratory. Yeah. You know, like, we actually do these things. We don't sit around thinking about them. Uh, it's, what they, it's what the football coaches call testimony. You know, you have to give testimony, which is borrowing a term from religion. But, you know, it's it, give, give your testimony. Or in, in other words, you have to do it. You have to live it. Right. You know, you can't just you can't just think about it. it can't just be a theory. It's got to be something. And we do that every year, six times a year or whatever it is, nine times a year. You know, so I think we have different perspectives on some of these plays. And like you said, we said in the last one, you know, you're like, can you really just pick a play because you're sick? You're sick of right. this play. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. I'm, I'm sick of some of them. But yeah. you know, we okay. tried to add August. I know you listen to the podcast every week, mm-hmm. but we tried to add a qualifier of like, if it gets to be, I just am sick of this guy or whatever. You know, what play would you like to see tonight? If you were like, look, there's a decent production of both of these plays. Which one would you rather go see? Uh, mm-hmm. And that seemed to work in a few yeah. of the as, as a yeah. tiebreaker. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. So how did we get here? So our sweet sixteen, uh, we got down to our elite eight, uh, which included Bengal Tiger, which was chosen Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad Zoo by Rajiv Joseph, which was chosen over All My Sons by Arthur Miller, which in probably one of the closest conversations. It was. Close. That was close. Uh, and then we had Inherit the Wind, 
I think really that you know all the people that know Rajiv from Cleveland probably pushed him over the top there. That was yeah. There's there. a little bit of uh, little homerism, Cleveland homerism, which it's is a, fine, man. Hey, That's welcome to the Madness Midwest. All about. Right. It's people yeah. from Guam. It's how yeah. we do it. Here. Go back to your elite coastal cities. Yeah, and Guam. If you had a Guam playwright, you would do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So don't you stop should. judging us. Yeah. We wouldn't read it, but <laughs> we would let you vote for it. That's right. <laughs> Uh, and Inherit the Wind uh, beat out uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, which may, there may have been a little... I mean, that was that was straight up. For me, it was my vote was straight up. I just don't like Edward Albee. Yeah, that was sure. the... But Inherit so, the... Robert was, E. Lee was relatively local, right? He was from Illyria. You know, he's from really? Northeast Ohio. Oh, yeah, they're, oh, yeah, they're, right. they're Ohio, Ohio guys. Yeah, 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 they're Ohio guys. Right. Yeah. So, boom, boom. Yeah. Uh, and then we had M. Butterfly beat out uh, for Colored Girls... Dot, 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 dot. That's a tough one. That was, that a, tough is, that one. was a tough one. Uh, and then Raisin in the Sun beat out Iceman Cometh. That's right. Shorter. I think it's really what the I audience... I think it's what it was. <laughs> I think we <laughs> were like, no, we already saw Iceman. <laughs> we saw it. You guys we're never going to see another Mosher like that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's, like I told the, it's like I told the actors of Tech Week, look, guys... I'm never doing this show again. You're never doing this show again for many reasons. Let's just do the best we can. Oh, man. Let's just get through it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, Bengal Tiger and Raisin in the Sun came out of our that bracket. Mm-hmm. We should Which really name these regions. Yeah, that was a strong That's a bracket. Strong bracket. Is, yeah. strong there was bracket. a lot of tough choices there. And then in our other brackets, uh, we had Long Day's Journey beating out... Uh, view from the bridge. Yeah, I see. I would agree with that one. That one's pretty. Yeah. I know you love a view from the bridge now, but we've done it here like twenty-seven times. Oh, really? No, we did it twice. But yeah. but isn't Long Day's Journey just really depressing for like a long yes. time? Yeah, but I mean, I, I just, see, I'm just, I'm not to me, Long Day's worth play. it. I'm yeah. saying that makes me want to be like, eh, is that what I want to do tonight? It's really lyrical and poetic. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, hit, I mean that's. I th- I would choose that every time over you from the bridge if I had to see it tonight and nothing else. Yeah, I mean, I spent a long days journey are two two sides of the same coin, right? Like sure. one's the family family drama and one's the larger yeah. world drama. But um, man, it's really lyrical. I mean, it's I, I was watching another documentary on uh, it's a, was it Annie biography I think about Arthur Miller. Oh. Re- or, uh, not Arthur Miller one. about oh. uh, Eugene O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Sorry, and we were because um, we're gearing up to do a. a Potentially do a Eugene O'Neill play next year. Surprise at Ensemble, I know. Save the date. Um, and, you know, and you just l- listen to some of the, the actors, you know, reading some of those lines from Long Day's Journey, and you're just like, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> that guy could write. That guy pretty could write. Pretty good. And, and as an as a, as a amateur writer, and not a professional writer like Tyler's, but, you know, you kind of hear that stuff. It's part of the reason I'm still an amateur writer. Like, you, you come to some of these scripts, and you're just like, there's no way. <laughs> never. Right. That never, mountain's way too. There's tall. no way. I mean, ever nothing will ever sound like that that I read. Just did yeah. this. He has this. That's why I just decided to stick to toilet humor. <laughs> That's right. That's why. Oh, there, there. oh, we have a special visitor. It's Mr. McFeely. Uh, okay, so then we had. Um, where are we? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Angels in America beat out Cat on a hot tin roof. Yeah, that's. That's probably which we can see. That Not cat on a hot tin roof bracket was weak. That was probably the weakest bracket in the whole yeah. thing. Uh, and then we had the August Wilson versus August Wilson matchup of the piano lesson, barely edging out radio golf. That's right. 
which is good. It's my favorite August Wilson play. Hey, it's you know it's a toss up. I and like then, Radio Bowl. And then we had uh, the upset of the upsets. This thing is like this is this Cinderella is, story. It is, is the Loyola of Chicago. Just keeps going. This is ah man. This is like Ohio University basketball beating out. Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was Charles Smith's Gospel According mm-hmm. to James yeah. over Death of a Salesman. And people love That's that That's a surprise. Sh- people yeah. love that show. People love that show. Yeah, it's a good play. I know, they, they really love it. And, you know, I'm good good for it. Good on it, as they mm-hmm. say. But Gospel lost the piano lesson. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a, you know, that's uh, a tough... Did anybody a, email Charles and tell him <laughs> lost that while his play Wilson. made the Elite Eight? Yeah, you made it. You made it pretty far. Well, mm-hmm. no, it's fi- Final Four. You made four. it Final Four, yeah. Made oh, in that final bracket, four. it's Elite Eight altogether. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, it was close. Yeah. It was close. Um, you know, another tough choice, but uh, yeah, piano lesson. So then our, they made our Final Four, or they made our Elite Eight. Piano Lesson, Gospel According to James. We already said the Piano Lesson 1. Yep. Long Day's Journey versus Angels in America, both parts. Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad Zoo versus Inherit the Wind. And Butterfly versus Raisin in the Sun. Wow. It was our Elite Eight. That is quite an eclectic group of American classic plays. Hey, you know, America's changing. So are the classic plays. That is correct. <laughs> and uh, so that was our Elite Eight. And then our final four... Bengal Tiger beat out Inherit the Wind. Yep. Raisin in the Sun beat out M. Butterfly. All right. Angels in America beat out Long Day's Journey. Angels in America. Long Plays brackets. That's right. I know, right? Wow. (laughs) I think seven hours versus four hours. Can you imagine that choice? You want to go see Angels in America or Long Day's Journey? (laughs) (laughs) Well, part two, we've broken it up here at Ensemble, so part two is coming up. We'll Mm -hmm. talk about that later in the show. And, uh, yeah, so we had, so then our final four was Piano Lesson versus Angels in America, and then Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad Zoo versus Raisin in the Sun. That's quite a good, That's good. Final, That's a good four final four there. Four. I think that, that almost covers a lot of the American theater canon prior to, let's say, 2000. What do you, you mean, Angels... Angels kind of covers the. I mean, the oldest one in there is Raisin, Raisin in the Sun. Yeah, you know, and that's. I mean, you, the interesting thing in here is you don't really have any dead white guys. No, they're yeah. all still alive. Yeah, none of the. You, well, I you guess know, none of them are. Well, yeah, okay. Tony you get Tony Kushner, you know, and then, but other than that, I mean, you don't, you don't have O'Neill, you don't have Tennessee Williams, you don't have what you what what Harold Bloom maybe from Yale. Would have called the <laughs> the American canon, right? Like, yeah, sure. and I think it's changing. I think, and it should it should probably change. Not to say that I don't love Arthur Miller and Eugene O'Neill and Tennessee Williams, but right. what what our concepts and our notions of classic plays are going to be changing? Our tastes are changing, and our palates are changing. Yeah, and it's broadening, right? So it's a, it's these classics are broadening. Yeah, what the definition is. Forty years ago, this bracket probably could have been twenty teams. Yeah, and then you would have ended up with Arthur Miller and Tennessee Williams and Eugene O'Neill. And then maybe the wild card would have been, like, Samuel Beckett, even though he's not American. (laughs) He's an Irishman who wrote wrote in French. So there you go. (laughs) But the final four is is quite an interesting uh, look at contemporary American society. I think you're absolutely right that it's diversifying. We're missing our Latino 
um, representation. Yeah, that's okay though. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that there were some that I think made in it. Ten that, years that's that's well, going to change. You know, everything. Water by the Spoonful, I think, made it pretty far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know, I think that there's some that are there's they're out there. They're they're coming in. You know, slowly but surely. So we have Angels versus Piano Lesson, mm-hmm. and Bengal Tiger versus Raisin in the Sun. So what is it, Augie? What do you, what are you going for? We're gonna put this up. We're gonna put hmm. this. Oh wait, we got. Uh, oh no, we found out who won this one already. Didn't we did, we? yeah. All right. So well, who, who won? Would you Tyler? go with Augie? Who would you go? You had to choose between Angels or Piano Lesson. I would choose Angels in America. I would choose Angels in America. Why? Um, you know, it is it is a little strange. Says with disgust, right? It's a little strange because I think a, typically have a dog treat for that choice. Well, yeah. No, it's really a peanut butter cracker. <laughs> And typically, I think uh, I'm surprised even by myself because sometimes you get discouraged after you work on a show, uh, and sometimes well, it, it grows on you. And I do think that throughout this process, something I have learned is a lot about how important it is, I think, to the canon and what it did and how I think it changed the course uh, of American theater. I mean, it was, what, 80, 85, 89 is when they were sort of written and constructed? No, ninety two. Ninety two. It takes 92. place in the. That's years. right. That's right. Um, but I think it opened, it really opened up a door for uh, writers and subject matter, mm-hmm. um, in a really big way. Not that August Wilson uh, didn't do that because he he did um, what he did for the Af- African American playwrights. I think yeah, in this country think, is incredible. And I think Angels proved that you could write about current topics no matter how depressing or deadly they are like AIDS right. was at the time right. and you right. could uh, put together a good yeah. story that people need to see. Yeah, and is it Angels, you know, the question is you got two parts to Angels in right. seven hours total. Yeah. I mean, if you take the whole the whole cycle, if you take all of August Wilson's cycle, I, mean, sure. I, I think you're hard-pressed to say anything beats that. Right, sure. absolutely. You know, if you take that in total, absolutely. if you say, well, this is really one whole idea. Yeah. Which it kind of is. Right. Then I think, you know. Absolutely. It's it's an episode in a miniseries in a lot of ways, or the piano lesson. Um, yeah, 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 ten, you know. Ten, yeah, so ten, the, they're tough to put together, I think. Um, but I think I think from an, ep- an epic standpoint, Angels, I think, really is a unique play. Mm-hmm. It's changed drama right. in its structure and in its yeah. substance. Structure for sure, in that there are scenes where we're like, what is this going on here? Are you serious? Are you right in now? the same room and talking to each other or not? I don't you know. I read the uh, oral history of Angels in America. I think Slate did it mm-hmm. uh, like in December. They released something. And it was fascinating to hear the process that Tony Kushner went through when it came to Perestroika. Mm. Like he had written just, you know, thousands upon thousands of pages for it and was kind of, everybody was stressing them out because sure. they were like, where's the play? We start rehearsals in a week. Yeah. Like we already have our dates, and he had all these scenes that they had to keep cutting and rearranging, and you know he got it down to it'd be interesting to see. It's almost like a, having a folio of this one play, right? Yeah, and he, he keeps changing it apparently. Yeah, he keeps adding and taking scenes out, and um, apparently the version that we're doing here of Perestroika is was the was the most um, up to date version uh, until the one that they're doing now on Broadway, the London mm. production that they brought over. He did some rewrites for that even, oh, which yeah. is, you know, I don't know, 25 wow. years later or whatever yeah. it is, 22 years later, I don't know what it is. But. You know, Ed, uh, Edward Albee had, somebody had asked him, like, would you ever revisit a play and make changes and rewrites? And he said, no, I'm a totally different person mm-hmm. than I was, you know, 25 years ago when I wrote mm-hmm. Virginia Woolf or whatever. 
Which is an interesting uh, perspective. Yeah, because, you know, Charles also brought that up when he came up to see, like, Golden Leaf, Ragtime Blues, mm. and um, Jelly Belly, which are kind of earlier yeah. in his timeline, and we would talk about it, and, and he would say, you know, I think they're good plays by a young writer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I think that's, you, know, you see that with all the writers. You look at Eugene O'Neill, and we, we came, we looked at that with Harry Ape, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of what Harry Ape is versus Long Day's Journey or Moon for the Misbegotten or Iceman Cometh, which were the last three he wrote, you know. Totally different plays, yeah. you know, and, and a, a whole lifetimes of experience put behind them. And let that be a lesson to all you young playwrights out there. Do not be afraid to experiment with your form. Every great writer has a long oeuvre of their work, and a lot of them are different. Do you think Tony Kushner's gotten... Stuck on Angels? On no, Paris I think Stryker? he became a screenwriter. He is a screenwriter, that's yeah. for sure. But, I mean, do you think that's all he's going to do now for, for theater? I mean, I know he's done Homebody Kabul and he's done, you know. But but do you think that the end, he's just going to constantly, he's like doomed, like Sisyphus, to rewrite Perestroika now for <laughs> the rest of his life? He's just going to have to keep writing this because he can't get past it? Oh, you mean the, the actual play? Like, yeah. Oh, I thought you were being euphemistic like is he just going to keep writing the same kind of play no 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 i no he's a screenwriter for sure yeah. i mean i definitely am. In uh, Angels, that's, a good, talked to that's a good question like he just you know the the, the the great quote that i always say your plays are never finished they're only abandoned and this could yeah it could be and i don't know why this one does he do a lot of rewrites for millennium no i don't think he rewrites millennium at all i think yeah. he said in, a, in the interview i listened to with christian namapur he he said millennium had been done i don't think he's touched it in mm-hmm. 20 years yeah i mean it could be uh it, it could be because there's so much that didn't make it to the stage that you know i find that if you spend enough time with a play you could really put those characters in any situation because at that point you know them so well right like you do yeah. so many rewrites you do so much work on it you do so much thinking about it so he can, he probably feels like he could when he when he looks at Perestroika, it's still 1992, and he it's still as fresh to him as it always was. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. I yeah I. I mean, I would love to be able to go back, like even after seeing productions of my plays, and be like, ah, I would just need to change so much. <laughs> but sometimes you're just like, ah, to heck with it. <laughs> yeah, you got to move on. Move on to the next one. Yeah, but I don't know that he can ever move on, right? And maybe being a screenwriter uh, contributes to that, right? It's yeah. This was really his last hey, heyday of playwriting or whatever. Um, yeah. Well, he's working. He's working on, or doesn't he have? Oh, uh, I guess Carolina or Change. Well, he did Carolina Change, and then he also did what's the 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 gentleman's guide to being a homosexual? Oh uh, yeah, the homosexuals, the intelligent yeah. homosexuals guide. To... Is, he, is that? Is that published, or is he still working on that? That I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to look. I, I mean, I know he did A Room Called Day. The Bright Room Called Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what got him noticed to begin mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting, because he it does is. talk, and he talks very openly about how much he's changed. And I've never, ever worked on a script that has said, you can just omit these two scenes. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's that really, is the first. <laughs> in, in Perestroika, he really, he literally just says, you can omit these two scenes. Crazy. That... There she is. Hello. The director of Angels in America, Perestroika. Our executive artistic director, Celeste Cosentino, is in the room. I can't hear 
what? We're <laughs> finishing the hashtag bracket challenge. Yeah. Angels in America is the is the one finalist. Verse, who's the other one, Tyler? Boom, 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 Raisin boom, in the Sun. Boom, boom. Beat Raisin out in the Tiger. Sun. Beat out Bengal Tiger in the final yeah. four. Yeah. Usually, you would have really liked the final four. There's, I think there was a lot of them that you've directed. Actually. Uh, Bengal Tiger. Gospel made it to the Elite Eight, even. So, you directed that one. Angels in America. So, we're looking at Angels in America versus Raisin in the Sun. That's you, a tough one. Yeah, what do you pick? Which child is your favorite? <laughs> <laughs> we drew this better. <laughs> no, I think in scope, it's got to be Angels. In scope? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Although, I, although Raisin in the Sun, I mean, it's like, it's, it's I don't know. It's be- Raisin's a beautiful I, piece. I think Raisin in the Sun is as relevant today as it has ever been. Oh, totally, and I think so is Angels. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're talking about housing, we're talking about... Class. N- n- yeah, we're talking about, n- you know, racism, mm-hmm. northern racism, <laughs> you know, yeah. we're talking about uh, opportunity, we're talking about capitalism, we're talking about family, you know. Talking about the oligarchy? The wealthy. The wealthy. We're talking about, you know, just the the history of this country from a race perspective is, in my view, the the biggest challenge. So, I mean, it's tough. Well, and I think it does all that very eloquently. Yeah. um, I don't want to say simply, but you know what I mean. She was so young when she wrote it. Yeah, how old was she when Although she passed? Although I have to say, like they're they're equally good in different ways. They are, and that's like, we his talk. His poetry and his the way he writes his lines, yeah. hers is just as strong. It's just mm-hmm. different. It's like I was. We were doing a scene with my kids from my, my class at Cleveland School of the Arts, mm-hmm. Raisin in the Sun, and these kids like doing it. I mean, it was like. I mean. The words. It's like the words are all there. All everything you need is right there in the words. I feel like it's the same thing with with angels. You could do that show without all the spectacle, and it's still as powerful because it's the words are so good, well crafted. Yeah, you know? I think I think both those plays, and it's not to say that any of the actors that I've seen do either of these shows, except for maybe Sean Puffy Combs. You know, I mean, the words can the word the words can carry a, a mediocre actor because yeah, the words well, are just so good. About, I don't know about P Diddy, but. Except for maybe, that's what I mean, except for maybe P. Diddy and his Ciroc vodka ad- advertising or whatever the heck he does. I mean, he got pretty good reviews for that, didn't he? He was all right. I just, I tease Sean. I tease Sean because I love you. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. Uh, I saw the movie with uh, Felicia Rashad and yeah. uh, Sean. She Poppy was Jones. amazing. I love Felicia Rashad. Yeah, she had a good run there for a while. Yeah. So that's right, the so, final. We can so vote. So Angels versus uh, so Raising the, the Sun. So what were the two before it? What were the final four? Final four was Angels beat out Piano Lesson, of course. and Raisin beat out Bengal Tiger. So it was Bengal Tiger, Raisin, Angels, and Piano, Piano Lesson. Piano Lesson. Not bad. No. No. So it's interesting. Eugene didn't make it at all. He came close. We he were talking close. about that right before you got here that there were no dead white guys in this. He yeah. had one play. He had only one play in the Elite Eight. Yeah. Long day's journey. Yeah. Yeah. Long day's journey. Because Iceman got beaten out by... Is that Gospel? Gospel? No. No. He got beat out by... Uh, Angels in America? By Raisin in the Sun. By Raisin oh, in the Sweet Sixteen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, Gospel got beat by Piano Lesson, but Gospel upset... Oh, beat Salesman. Good ones. Gospel, gospel beat upset Death of a Salesman. So... Really went far. Yeah. It's a great play. Sure is. Yeah. It's one of my favorite Charles plays. Yep. 
That's why I made it. All so right, so it. vote. <laughs> Hashtag. Man, that was and like then a. Get your tickets for Angels Part Two. We're gonna talk about that here in a second. Yeah, it's like it's like a marathon. That was a marathon, guys. I have Help us finish this, please. <laughs> we started with March Madness, and now it's wow. like hashtag Boston Marathon play <laughs> bracket. Pretty soon it'll be the NHL yeah, playoffs. <laughs> yeah, we if we don't finish this before they hoist the Stanley Cup, we need some serious revamping. <laughs> All, All right, right, so there you have it, everybody. You can so, vote uh, at Ensemble Clee on Twitter or at Cleveland Stage on Twitter. We'll put this poll up there. Great. And uh, I'm sure just the throngs of hashtag American Plays Challenge bracket, whatever. People. Hey, it's been it's been great. Thanks to everybody who's participated so far. I can't wait to see who wins. And remember, there there is no second place in theater. You have to win or go home. That's right. We don't. We don't care. Not, no place. Not everybody gets a medal. <laughs> yeah, this is not a participatory challenge. That's right. This. Is <laughs> it's all about winning. So, Augie, what are you working on these days? <laughs> oh, you know, a little play. A little small one? play, short play. Short play uh, that they're doing over at Ensemble Theater, yeah. uh, called Angels in America. I think it's called Perestroika? Perestroika. Is that how you pronounce it? It is, Perestroika. Perestroika is how you pronounce it. Yeah, Yeah, we're gearing up for that. It opens... A week from... A week from this Friday. Yeah, so April 27th. April 27th. Get your tickets. Yeah, absolutely. EnsembleTheaterClee.org. You can get your tickets there. Or call the box office. (laughs) Talk to to our friendly box office staff. 216-321-2930. People in Guam, get your tickets. It's going to sell out. You better book your flights. And it runs through... May 20th. May 20th. 20th yeah. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But uh, the second part, uh, same same cast, mm-hmm. except for one. I think it was one yeah. um, one replacement. But other than that, same cast. They've gotten to work together throughout the whole process, which has been great. And uh, There was a, a really funny line in that, that oral history... George C. Wolfe, who directed the New York premiere, Tony Kushner had talked about he just had this really long play. And then one of the actresses, who was the original Angel, was dying of cancer. And she pulled him aside and said, uh, just make it two parts, or something like that. And George C. Wolfe said, well, I don't really remember it that way. But if Tony Kushner wants to blame a dead woman, that's fine. Uh, It was just a mammoth uh, experience he went through. And apparently he went to, he had a friend or somebody who owned a a house, like a cabin on the Russian River. And he went out there for 10 days and just hammered it out because everyone was stressing out in San Francisco uh, that uh, it wasn't ready. Um, it essentially closed down a theater, a 250-seat theater, which I thought was odd. Small. Is it small? I mean, it's small, but it's not like a small theater. I mean, nobody knew what the play was going to be when this theater had signed on I mean, to do it. When you consider most like, lower houses are five to 800? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Like half the size. You're well, what had happened the second was... second part, you mean? Uh, no, every, like the whole... They had... Uh, the, I forget what the name of the theater was. And they had uh, the contract or whatever to do the production of Angels in America before even it was two parts. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had lines around the block, of course. It was a a hit. Mm -hmm. And they decided to close the show because they had another one to put up. And everyone was like, what are you talking about? 
lines are on the block. You're selling out. And uh, they just never recovered. Uh, it's obviously an expensive production for them, I yeah, imagine. Sure. Yeah. It's not It's not cheap, no matter no. how you dice it. It's, it's not a cheap one. But I think this production, I think part two now, is. I'm really excited to see how it, it's really come together. I got to watch a little bit of rehearsal. It's a great cast. Great cast. I think the tech's coming together. I think Celeste is doing a great job directing it. And I think people are going to really like it. So I, you know, I still think it's uh, better than the first one. Three and a half hour show, Celeste? Is that what I think we decided it was? 3.20? Plus intermissions? Yeah, I mean, Act 1 is like an hour and 20, hour and 30. Mm-hmm. Act 2 is 55. Mm-hmm. I mean, Act 3 is... I mean, I'm sorry. Act 1 includes Act 1, 2, two and 3. 2 and 3, right. Uh, our, our one act, yeah. yeah. And act, then there's an intermission. <clears throat> act 4 is like 55 minutes. Yep. Then there's another 10 minute inertia, and then Act 5 is like 45 minutes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so you'll be good. in and out in like three and a half hours. Yeah. And we're starting the show at 7, Correct. right? 7 o'clock. Yes, yeah. so. or Fridays and Saturdays. Yeah, Fridays yeah. and Saturdays to get people out a little earlier. So it's great. I'm excited. I think uh, you guys should get your tickets and definitely come see it. And I, I do want to say one thing, and I've been thinking about this a lot, is Celeste should be really commended because. I know uh, her and Scott Esposito, who's our, our board president and is also a tremendous actor in, in the show, they had kind of conspired to do this show, uh, to do both parts, and they had been talking about it for a while. And Celeste went ahead and just went out and got the rights. And to be ahead of the curve like that, to be able to have the rights and be doing yeah. the rights in a professional theater yeah. while you got a run going on on Broadway is no small feat. Well, that and it's going up everywhere true. because it's the 25th, 25th anniversary. Right. anniversary. Yeah. So right. so for Celeste to be ahead of it, the curve on that one and, and be willing to take on, um, to be able to take on both parts, which I don't think has ever really been done in a professional theater in Cleveland. Um even colleges don't do both parts. Yeah, when they decide no, to touch and they have unlimited hard. budgets. They're right. so doing it out, in, and Oberlin's doing it, and they're yeah, Matthew Wright. Matthew Wright's oh. directing both parts, and they're doing it out there. Actually, they're I believe they're only doing it for two weekends, it's though. In very April, rare. So. In April here, very April twenty twelfth, uh, or April twelfth to the twenty first. And he is, said they rehearsed for three months. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. So Wait, are they, they doing both parts back to back? Yeah. They're like repertory, yeah. they're doing. Oh, I see. Yeah. They're doing different shows, different nights. Yeah. Wow. So. But I, you know, I think I think that you know to be, and I think ensemble is traditionally in that mix. Like we did, we were the first to do Bengal Tiger, and you know, and yeah. work with Rajiv and do Rajiv plays, and we've brought you know we brought Iceman back, which had been done at Obama, I think thirty years ago, you know, with Ron Newell uh, as as Hickey in the in the bowling alley, and we brought that back, and I think uh, you know we we're first to do a Charles Smith play. In Cleveland, so I think we've really been on the cutting edge, and and when these writers hit and in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, which oh would, my, yeah, we were first to do that in town as yeah. well. So you know, I think we're we're right on the cutting edge of 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 classic theater, if that's a thing. I think we're making it <laughs> yeah. a thing. I think we've made yeah, it a absolutely. thing for the past eight years. Yeah. You know, um, and I think a lot of that has to do with uh, Celeste and and just the vision that Lucia laid out many years ago. So, kudos to everybody involved in that selection process. <laughs> All right, so quick roundup. You yeah, guys have anything to add? Let's, let's do a quick roundup. Let's do a roundup. So welcome to the Cleveland Stage Podcast Roundup. Music, music, music. <laughs> so what do we got currently running over at Cleveland Public Theater? Brer Cotton. It runs through April 21st. We got Chicago at Players Guild Theater. And that runs through April 22nd. 
We've got a chorus line at Cassidy, August's favorite musical. Clear, yeah, that yeah. runs through April 22nd as well. Um, Flanagan's Wake, the good people of Flanagan's Wake. If you've never seen <laughs> Flanagan's Wake, go. It's a it's a really yeah. good time. John Busser and I, I believe uh, I believe Joe Milan was doing some of those as I think well. So. The, the great, great Joe Milan. The great Joe Milan. The great Joe Milan. That's running all the way through April 28th. It's a long run down there, but definitely check it out. Uh, Ghost. The musical at the Astabula Arts Center. Uh, if you want to check it out, April 20th. Wait, is that real? That's real. Yeah. April 6th through April 22nd. Yeah, yeah. Is that a musical? Yeah. Well, like two, two years ago. Tyler, yeah. Come on, man. Doing? Come on. Lock uh, and load, Tyler. Lock keeps not on. Lock and load. Uh, <laughs> 90s movies musicals. OSF uh, has Shakespeare Festival down there. Uh, April 6th through the 20, 22nd, so that's running. What are uh, they doing? King Charles III. Oh. King yeah. Charles III, yeah. yeah. Closing out that trilogy. Closing out that trilogy. And the Tailspinners Theater uh, is uh, doing the Oba Asks for a Mountain, A Tale of Nigeria, through April 29th. So if you got kids, go over to mm-hmm. Tailspinners Theater there, and Ali Garrigan and the crew. We, we really like them a lot. Uh, we've got uh, some stuff opening this week. You've got the uh, Putnam County Spelling Bee opening down at uh, the Cleveland Playhouse. Um, that show just will not go away. It will not. No. People love it. It's funny. It's fun for the mm-hmm. whole family. You know, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, on the touring, the first, I think it was the first touring production, um, Barfy, the the fat yeah. guy. You, Eric. Know, you remember Eric Rodiger? Yeah. Eric Rodiger was in that. He played fat here when we did... Um, Lefty. Lefty, waiting for Lefty, and I, we went to school. Tyler and I went to school with him, uh, but he was on that. He was on the national tour for that. So he had some interesting stories to talk about with when it came to that. Yeah, I, he loved it. I think it was. You know, I think he really liked that yeah, show. I mean, he did like three thousand performances of that. Thing. Yeah, I don't know how many he did, but it was a lot. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, you've got uh, you got a dog fight. At the Western Reserve Playhouse. Yeah, yeah. Dog fight. You've worked out there? Yeah, Western Reserve. WRP. Yeah, it's a lovely little place in uh, Bath, Ohio. Uh, This is their first season, uh, switching over from sort of a summer stock type deal to a a full year-round season. What did you do there? I did a Neil Simon play called Lost in Yonkers in in January. Uh, It was a lot of fun. It's a great little place, and Don and Brian, who now run the theater, I think have really turned it around and done some wonderful things with it and I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing dogfight nice nice we've got uh sideshow uh coming up at uh, blank canvas theater sideshow the musical yeah. for, for those that like that kind of thing uh it's a good it's a good musical Mu- siamese twins are the best part of that musical Boy. i think oh, yeah. best part of any musical exactly uh you're in town case western reserve now that's a music have you seen you're in town i have seen you're in town we, we, yeah we should go see that because we did a, it at a, OU a couple oh years that's ago. right that's right no kidding, no kidding. It's, it's, a been, musical. it's been pretty popular lately yeah, yeah, yeah they did it at high room that one's open on the 13th fall. and that runs through the 22nd down at uh down at case western reserve at e-university so check that out if you get a chance hmm. um that's you know there's there's a whole lot of other uh, a lot of theater going around and going on but uh, again Angels in America Part Two Perestroika opens up uh, the twenty seventh mm-hmm. yes and uh, we hope to see as many of you guys out and that's uh, you know the Cleveland Stage Roundup a lot of stuff going on support mm-hmm. local theater Cleveland Stage Roundup support Music. support your Music. local artists local artists and I believe uh, also coming up at Obama soon they have. Uh, the Brandon Jacob uh, appropriate. 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 Yeah. Yeah, and CPT Jacob. has their annual thing coming up as well. Their annual thing. Their ignition something. 
Is new plays like a new play thing? Yeah, there. I forget what it's called. Interesting. So lots to do, lots to see. If you guys want to check out, you can check out the Cleveland Stage Alliance. Uh, Dot com and there's listings there of everything that's up to date. Eric mm-hmm. Fancher uh, puts that together for everybody's benefit around town. So go visit visit them and uh, and check out what's going on in your neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. This has been the Cleveland Stage Podcast. Please don't forget to check out our sponsors, including Fog Properties here in Cleveland. Fog Properties, building Cleveland since 1959. Flexible spaces in all the right places. You can visit Fog, that's F-O-G-G dot com for more information. And also, for those of you listening in Michigan, don't forget to check out Discount Home Improvement for all your home improvement needs, including cabinets and more. It's your money. Why pay more? You can visit them in Muskegon and Grand Rapids (laughs) and also online at DiscountMI.com. And wherever you listen to the Cleveland Stage podcast, please be sure to subscribe and rate the show. This has been a lot of fun. Been good. We're almost there. Help us finish. Yeah. All right. I'm your co-host Tyler Whitten, along with my co-host and Hens. And thank you to August Scarpelli for joining us this afternoon, and of course to Ensemble Theater for loaning us their office. Remember, Tyler, all the world's a stage. Hashtag it. Hashtag Cleveland Stage. <laughs> Hashtag. All right. <laughs>